Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hello, listeners. Welcome to Homo Sapiens. I come to you not from a glorious sunny beach, not from a beautiful outback location. I come to you this week from my bed. I've been working very hard, don't mind telling you that. So what I do is whenever I can, I take to my bed and I absolutely love it. So here I am, I'm in my bed. I've got my emails from you lot next to me. Um, got all your voice notes. I'm looking out over the Adelaide skyline and we're going to talk about queer friendship because boy oh boy not since Karl Lagerfeld did a collaboration with H&M has there been quite such the mad rush on something since we told you guys that we were doing topic of the week about queer friendship you have all inundated all the inboxes with all your thoughts about it which is really interesting to me because I have to say I didn't actually, when John, who was the original person who suggested it as a topic, I wasn't sure that it would capture the imagination of you all. I thought, oh, well, you know, someone's asked for it, let's do it, but let's see how it goes. Smash cut too. Here we are with a bazillion emails and a bazillion voice notes with everyone weighing in with a really broad breadth of opinion about what queer friendship is, what people feel they're lacking, what people feel that they're getting. So I'm looking forward to getting stuck into that. Before we do that, let's have a little remindy, a little remindy cakes of what is Homo Sapiens Extra. Homo Sapiens Extra is where we read your emails, we read your feedback, we do topic of the week where we discuss a topic chosen by, mainly a a topic chosen by you wonderful listeners that we discuss. We do phone a friend where we call a wonderful expert or someone related to topic of the week to discuss it a little more in depth um we do lgbtq plus news we do some agony uncling and we do culture club um hey exciting michael stipe of rem fame only gone and name checked us this week in the guardian newspaper i saw saying how much he loves our podcast um some more exciting news related to that coming up wonder if you can guess what i'm talking about first of all what did you think of last week's inspirational interview with the inspirational Christine Vachon. I've got to say, I love her. It was nice to listen back to that chat because we recorded that quite some time ago and tying in with the Oscars and stuff felt like the right time to put it out. But I hope you all got the sense of what a kind and sort of progressive, wonderful person she is because she really is. Like, she has been at the forefront of queer cinema for such a long time. If you haven't listened to it, go back to the feed, as they call it, and... Have a listen. 
Um, what have I been up to this week? Well, all I'm going to say is I've been out in the Australian outback. This much you know. Did you know that red dust from the Australian outback can get into every single crevice of your entire body? Every time, listeners, I have a shower now. There is just a pool of red dust around me in the shower because we're filming out in the outback. And I am basically a red person. I posted a picture on Instagram and it's really funny because you get covered in red dust because your face goes quite red. You look like you've had your teeth really aggressively whitened. Um, and I looked a little bit like Michael Douglas playing Liberace in Behind the Candelabra, which I'm not, I'm not against as a concept, quite frankly. I feel like maybe that's where I'm headed. I'm sort of hoping to do an Elton John and go into tracksuits as I gain in years you know he's always in a kind of shiny velour number but then he'll sort of bling it up a little bit and um based on the fact that particularly because of lockdown um comfort has been key in the sweeney wardrobe let me just say um i'm sorting moving towards that like do you remember when j-lo used to wear those velour tracksuits all the time juicy couture weren't they i've got my eyes on them and there's this company called oas company and they do like toweling <laughs> toweling kind of shorts and t-shirt but looks like a sort of onesie and i've been wearing a lot of them and getting into bed at like 7 30 p.m but you know what i love it i absolutely love it and i won't i won't shilly shally i'll tell you that i've been missing home a bit this week because i've been away for nearly how long have i been away i've been away nearly four months from my husband and my dog and it's very interesting when you're away from home I do think it's easier for the person who goes away than the person who stays at home because when you're away, it's so many new experiences and you're really busy if you're away with work, which I am. You can kind of motor through without really realising. But I also don't mind telling you that while this is still a not an eating podcast, I have ordered a pizza to my room just to complete the picture of being in bed in a toweling onesie. Hopefully they'll bring it up to my room. Um, but if they don't, I'll have to duck out and get it. Um, I've ordered, for anyone who's interested, I've ordered from a restaurant called Il Camino in Adelaide. Uh, and I've ordered the Capricciosa, which is artichoke, ham, tomato sauce. And I had one before and it was absolutely delicious. Artichoke on a pizza, I'm aware divides people. Not this guy. I like it. What else have I been doing? I've been doing, do you know what I did? which is really fun, is I bought a Polaroid camera this week. Do you remember Polaroid pictures? And there's sort of two versions. There's the kind of mini ones you can get, like Instax, I think, is one of the companies who make them, Fuji. Or, But then you can also get the original, original Polaroid pictures. And I think it's such a nice thing to do because we are so used to taking a bazillion pictures on our phone and... I never look back at pictures on my phone. I do if I have to show someone something, but I never sort of have that nice moment of like nostalgia. Um, I was thinking about how I was really sad that I've lost that. And what we always used to do when I was a kid is we would have a bowl of photographs in like the living room and it would just be all the holiday photos would go in that bowl. And it was a really nice thing to do. I could highly recommend it because when people come around, they always look through them and you sort of talk about, you know, they ask questions and you 
you tell funny stories but also it means that you look at them because sometimes when they live in a photo album you don't really get them out except for like whenever you when you empty the loft and then you sort of try and halfway through trying to empty the loft and then you're like oh looking through stuff going oh my god oh my god and you sort of go on these sort of weird memory lane expeditions while you're trying to do something else and actually having photos out and about is really nice so i got a polaroid camera because i think it forces you the film is so expensive it's unbelievable it sort of forces you to be very judicious like take one photo of one situation and to be okay with that photo as well and it kind of feels like the anti-selfie to me as well like it's you're not taking photos of yourself you're taking photos of other people collecting memories and it doesn't have to be perfect it's just got to be a little slice of you know that moment in time don't know i really like it maybe this week's picture i'll take a photo of myself on the polaroid that can be this week's image sounds good um so yeah that's what i'm gonna be doing snapping the odd polaroid um and i've also been doing i've been listening to a lot of music because we've been traveling around i was thinking about doing a little playlist would people like a little homo sapiens playlist where i just put things that i like and we can add to it with all the things that you guys like as well from culture club could be quite cool couldn't it if you want that to happen write in hello at homo sapiens podcast.com and say yes please to playlist and i'll gauge might do an instagram story and get you to vote as well how many of you listening don't follow us on instagram i wonder because i feel like if i want to talk to you all i then do things if it's in between episodes i'll put something on instagram but then i'm like oh but does does everyone who listens follow i imagine not because there's a lot more listens every week than there are followers on instagram Mm -hmm. um but then we have email uh and the old snail mail so yeah i've been listening to so much good music and maybe we'll talk more on that in culture club it all depends how how this pizza arriving falls out okay so preparing my order is what they say they've been saying that for 15 minutes oh look my husband's calling me hang on he's calling me on facetime bean say hello to the listeners hello hello sapiens listeners there we go may i call you back when i've finished yeah of course i love you i love you too that's sweet you never talk to me like this when the listeners aren't listening that's william mcdonald oh update daryl is picking up my order from il camino oh my god that's so weird so he weirdly is driving to collect it from right by where i am oh my god the pizza place i'm ordering from is actually i've just realized like a 10 second walk from here they must think i'm so lazy because i ordered it on uber eats so you don't see where it is until the map comes up well that means i'll be here sooner so excited about it i won't eat it on mic though promise i'm gonna head on over to my inbox here's the noise and i'm gonna start reading your emails because you guys have just been sending in the loveliest loveliest emails now the first email we've got is a lovely message from caroline hello beautiful people i think she's talking about me and alan i wanted to let you know that i think you're great caroline stop I first started listening when my little brother came out because I wanted to know how to be a better ally. Going through school under Section 28, I didn't know much beyond maybe drag race and some really rubbish stereotypes. Caroline, or Carrie as you've signed off, 
you're not alone there, my friend. Your podcast turned out not just to be educational and LGBTQ plus things, but also to just be generally brilliant. Caroline, you sound just like Michael Stipe. Stop it. Always banging on about how great the podcast is. Even more than that, though, with you guys on all the time and with all the queer excellence you've recommended around, my son felt comfortable enough to come out as bi a few months ago. Oh, my God, this is so wonderful. He's only 12, but my brother wasn't happy to be out until his 20s. Honestly, I'm so glad we're living in a more open and positive world. Big love, Carrie. She, her, with her pronouns at the end. Carrie, oh, that is so amazing to hear. And I'm so pleased for your son. That is absolutely wonderful. And what a lucky son he is to have you as a mum who cares for him and loves him and will support him through this. And if there's anything we can do to help, you let me know. Now, Adrian from Toronto has been in touch about the Christine Vachon episode and also given us all a film recommendation. So hi, Chris, moi, Alan, him and team. That's the wonderful team who helped make Homo sapiens. By the way, actually, can I pause here? Uh, And this isn't for a pizza update. Somebody wrote on the Apple Podcast reviews, and I am happy to have reviews that criticise the show because it is about the feedback and that's how we make the show better. But one person was saying there were too many ads and they have therefore unsubscribed. Now, listen, je comprends. I understand ads and I understand they are a little annoying. But I do feel it is beholden on me to explain perhaps a little what as to why we have adverts on the podcast because we do this show in order to create a space for queer people to speak to each other, to be like a queer version of Women's Hour. It's It has a really important role, I think, and I'm very proud of it. It requires a lot of people to make this show. So there's me and Alan, but then there's also a big team of people around around the show to do with recording, the editing, and all the things that perhaps are seem invisible but are not. And everybody on the team must be paid correctly. And the creative industries have a history of not paying people properly. And I don't want to be part of that with this podcast. So I think it's really important that I sort of explain or, you know, that we because it's not clear, obvious, but advertising, having ads is what helps pay everybody on the team to be able to make the show so that we can create this thing. And it can sometimes feel like some like like these things, money just comes from nowhere. But um, I just wanted to say that because we don't do the adverts to get rich. We do the adverts in order to pay the team and to keep making this thing for you guys. Now, should I actually read the email that I said I was going to read? I'll start again. Adrian says, Hi, Chris, Alan and team. I love the podcast. I truly miss getting together with my wider queer community and the podcast makes me feel surrounded by love. I just finished listening to your interview with Christine Vachon. Ah, knock at the door. It's my pizza. One second. We will get to this email eventually. Can you hear that? That's the sound of a delicious pizza. Let me just turn on the oven. Put my pizza in there to keep warm. Bye, my baby. Just got to do a large 12-way discussion about queer friendship and then we will be together. Um, now... Oh, do I want to rate? Love you, Daryl. Thank you. Would I like to add a tip? Yes. 20%. We'll do 20%. 
Daryl was lovely. And also because you're all listening to me, so I have to press the max. Well, that's that. Shall I get on with this email? Sorry. I just finished listening to your interview with Christine Vachon. I am a huge Todd Haynes fan, and it was incredible to hear about those magical early days of 90s queer filmmaking. Boys Don't Cry was indeed a milestone film, but sadly, 20 years on, it remains the trauma poster child for trans male representation. I don't know if our society's obsession with trans trauma narratives says more about filmmakers and finances or more about our audiences. It's high time that we look to more nuanced representation of trans people that are focused on their stories as individuals rather than focused on the perceived trauma they face in the world. I'd like to recommend to listeners No Ordinary Man, a documentary film written, produced, directed and starring a trans cast about jazz musician Billy Tipton. As a queer trans man, watching this film was the first time I felt truly represented on screen. With love from Toronto, of course, from Toronto. Because our our Canadian thread continues to be our... A rich seam. Thank you so much for writing in, Adrian. Really appreciate that. Beautiful, beautiful words. And I'm going to be watching No Ordinary Man because I need something to watch tonight. In bed with a pizza. Robin from Toronto has also been in touch. I'm loving all these recommendations coming through. I was listening to your most recent episodes and I wanted to let you know about a great queer spot in Toronto, Canada called Glad Day. It started as a bookstore, but now it's also a cafe, a restaurant, a bar and an event space. That's cool. Thank you for your lovely podcast from Robin, brackets, they, them. And also we got an email from a listener who wants some advice. Well, I have to say the queer friendship thing all started from an email asking for advice. So guys, this is all down to you. Hi guys, love your podcast after discovering it randomly about two months ago. This email is from someone who doesn't want their name to be said. Uh, I'm 55 and coming out, have two adult children. I've been in denial all of my life. I've always tried to put it down to nerves, not being able to get aroused around women. I didn't want to be around them, full stop. But I couldn't be gay, surely not. I had two gay experiences in London in my 30s and loved it. But the next day, I was so filled with shame at what I'd done. It was all to do with where I was brought up. I would rather have died than come out. I know this sounds really stupid, but I have had virtually zero sex for the last 20 years rather than coming out but I'm so very tired of living the lie. I'm entitled to love as much as anyone, and I cannot wait to be lying in the arms of a man where I should have been many, many years ago. I wonder how many of your listeners can relate to my story. Well, I'm going to tell you, monsieur, who has written in, a lot of people can relate, and I can absolutely relate to what you're saying. I understand that this must be a frustrating situation for you, but all I can say is you're not alone, and so many people have been through this and it's completely normal i remember i was at university and i hooked up which is the vanilla version of, of the story with someone when i was at bournemouth university uh just gonna throw in that he was a pe teacher and i the next day felt so unbelievably ashamed of myself that i was utterly broken and this was in a household where at university, you know, m- many years younger than you, sir, who were writing in, where some of our housemates identified as queer and, it, you know, I was out and no one cared. And it was all very inclusive atmosphere is what I'm trying to say. And even then I felt horrendous about what I'd done. And 
my housemate Matt was so lovely to me about it. He said, what's up? And I just told him what had happened. And I was really embarrassed to say what had happened. And he was like, what are you ashamed of? Like, I think it's amazing. And it was such a pivotal moment for me because it made me realise that what I had done wasn't disgusting or anything. And I had just gotten myself into that headspace and it was wrong. But I was so lucky to have that conversation at that moment. And if you don't have those people around you, then it's so much harder to realise that what you're feeling isn't wrong or disgusting. And, you know, like you, you say here that you've got two children you think about them and want to put them first and don't want to disrupt their lives. But ultimately, you know, you've got to do what you want to do and, and, and speak your truth, you know, for want of a, it's a cliche, but it's a cliche for a reason because, you know, people really struggle with speaking their truth, but ultimately behind that door and that bravery, should you wish to go there is a lot of happiness. And I would say that you must, 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 do what feels right for you. And it doesn't sound stupid at all. It's incredibly common. And you are totally entitled to as much love as anyone else. This podcast is a community of people who will raise you up and support you through this. Please keep in touch. Please let us know how you get on. But all I want to say on this topic is tomorrow is a new day and it is never too late and you cannot think about the time that has passed and, and if it was a waste or not and you should have done it earlier it is a hiding to nothing because you cannot reverse time but what you can do if you want to is you can change tomorrow and you can start living this life that you speak of wanting to lead and to be honest once you start doing that you won't care about what happened before you'll just be so happy leading that life and there are lots of great online resources and I'll put in the show notes as well, like a few good resources for people who want to come out because I think that could really help as well. And I'm so pleased that listening to this podcast has helped in any way. Please stay listening. Please stay in touch. We will support you through this, as I'm sure every listener listening is nodding their heads and anyone else as the gentleman who's written in has asked if anyone else can relate please write in tell us your stories and yeah anyone else who wants to write in in any way shape or form you know what to do it's hello at homo sapiens podcast.com that was a song for anyone wondering agony uncle questions send us your comments your questions your criticisms your beef about advertising or you can get in touch on instagram at homo sapiens or you can get in touch on facebook at homo sapiens podcast.com should we do some LGBTQ plus news? This is a story from Pink News. Credit where credit's due. Long-running cartoon series The Simpsons, what's that, has recast the voice actor for the iconic gay character Julio with the gay Cuban actor Tony Rodriguez. Look at this. Little recalibrations left, right and centre at the moment. Makes me so happy. He made his debut in the character in March during the 32nd episode of The the 32nd season episode of The Simpsons titled Uncut Femmes. 32 seasons. Matt Selman, executive producer for The Simpsons, tweeted that a video of every LGBT joke on The Simpsons ever created by Drew Mackey and Glenn Lakin, Lakin of the Gayest Episode Ever podcast had a hand in recasting Rodriguez as Julio. Now, very interesting. Very, very interesting. Also, one thing that I can't remember if I was talking about before. I start most sentences like that. 
is that there's so much uh, stuff from that time and I was thinking back and watching Friends I think or someone did a supercut of Friends gay jokes and how awful the stuff they used to say was and like it was because that was very much my age group my sweet spot I mean just horrendous and so um, damaging you know and I you know I think in relation to the gentleman who wrote in um, saying, you know, oh, I haven't, I feel like I'm wasted time not coming out. I mean, because you're not going to come out because why, when society talks about you in such a way, would you naturally come out? These, thing, these things are linked. And I'm really pleased to see these changes. I really am. Now then, topic of the week is queer friendships. John wrote in saying that he really struggled with queer friendship as it always turned into something else. So we threw out a couple of questions to you all. Queer friendships, are they easy or hard to develop and maintain? And also, do you always run the chance of it becoming physical or sexual? So we asked our lovely Homo sapiens community on social media, aka Instagram, and the response was huge. We had an absolute deluge of replies, voice notes, DMs and emails. And so thank you so much to you all for sharing so many of your stories with us. It's, I can't tell you how happy it makes me. It warms my cockles to see all of you and listen to all of you just contributing all your stories and feeling like this is a place that you can share that stuff. So let's have a look at the polls. Let's begin with the results from our first Instagram poll on queer friendship, which was and the poll was, my queer friendships have turned into more. 29% of you said yes, that your friend, queer friendships have turned into more, aka physical. 71% of you said no, they have not turned into more. Now that is my experience. I have a, f- a handful of beautiful, beautiful queer friendships. And I don't think that any of them... Is my memory is my memory issues again? I don't think it's ever turned into anything more. I don't think I've ever had a blurring of friendship turning into a relationship, and I've never had it the other way around either with a relationship turning into a friendship. Haven't been able to do that just for no particular reason. I absolutely adore all of my exes. Um, I think they're wonderful people. Geography, to be honest, is what has torn us apart. Do I sound like I'm um, making excuses? Um, Luke got in touch to elaborate on this topic with queer friendships sometimes i've noticed with my two gay male mates they are in a constant state of trying to get in my pants luke just asking for a friend what's your aftershave they know i have a boyfriend and the bantery flirting is fine usually but they always take it way too far which is an issue that makes me not want to interact with them as i'm not interested in them sexually no matter how many times i rebuff their advances it always happens again i don't have enough mates to be losing them so i just put up with it at this point Luke, I have so much to say about this. The other major issue I've noticed is with having queer friends that I actively want to make new queer mates as the loneliness is hitting really hard lately. So many people say this. It's so interesting. So many people say they're lonely. But this is looked on by my partner as suspicious and even talking to other queer men in his mind is akin to a preface to cheating. Would love to hear your thoughts on this. Much love, Luke. Hold up. What was that? 
Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Well, two things. So your friends are flirting with you and you don't want to lose them, so you let it happen. <clears throat> Can't let it happen. You have to... Nedra Taweb, who came on this podcast, be as for boundaries. You need to set a boundary, say, I don't want you to do that. And if they're a proper friend, they will stop doing it. Please don't feel like you can't say anything because you don't want to lose them. Because if they don't respect you asking, making that request, they're not a proper friend. And I know that sounds a bit heavy in therapy, but I really think it's true and fair to say that. One. Two, your partner being suspicious. Unfortunately, that's also unacceptable. I'm going in heavy here. Maybe it's because I'm hangry. I need that pizza. But I wouldn't do it to you, listeners. I wouldn't do it to you. I'm not going to eat it. Um, you having friends and them getting annoyed about that, that, unfortunately, that is their problem. It's them projecting that you're going to do something bad because you're not. And that also requires a boundary to be put down. Listen to me. Um, it's not fair. And, you know, one thing I adore about my husband is that he is so supportive and lovely to me about my queer friendships, about everything I do. He is like, you must do what you want to do and I will support you. And it's really special. And I'm very lucky to have that. But also, it's absolutely as it should be. And I don't get jealous of his friendships at all. Maybe I, I think I'm more I am a more jealous person though, and I'm a more suspicious person, so I do relate to your partner. But also I know that that's my thing and I need to get my head out of it. So what I would say is thank you so much, Luke, for writing in. I feel like I've given you a bit of a like bossing and I shouldn't, but you know, both important points. Now, Henry and Thomas have been in touch about how their queer friendships often started off as something romantic and then fizzled into a lovely friendship. And does this happen as much with straight people? Interesting. Um, hi, Chris. I feel like I, myself, and I know quite a lot of other gay guys who have gone on dates with guys and then maybe you've had sex a couple of times or maybe you haven't, but then it actually develops into a friendship. And I actually have a couple of really, really close, amazing friends who we met because we went on a date together and now we laugh about the fact that we once had sex because it seems, like, hilarious. And there's something really amazing about that. And I feel like that's not as prevalent in straight people's society because they have sex and they're, like, really freaked out. And I wonder if... I don't know. Maybe it works. Something about that works more if you're gay. Anyway, bye. That's really funny, Henry. Also... 
important that listeners note that Henry said, great jacket, Chris, in response to my video post. Thank you. I'm going to say, Henry, that jacket I was wearing, the Instagram story I did, was so... I'll get so many compliments on it. I'm going to tell you where it's from. End. There's a shop called End. And it is a fleecy coat. I'm obsessed with fleece. It's a Penfield Matawa colour block fleece. I have worn it back to back here in Australia because while it's warm during the day, it's freezing in the morning and it's freezing at night. And that's when we're filming. So go by to really respond to your voice note yes interesting and funny and i think that's partly to do with you know we get thrown together as queer people and then you know like i've tried i tried getting off with so many friends of friends and um you know basically because they were the only other queer person at a party or gay man at a party um and uh yeah it's i think it's i think it's lovely that you can then reflect back on that and so many of my friends have that and i i genuinely don't think i've had that but i think that's just because i've definitely tried it on with people who i'm now friends with and i also think that i just was too shy i was just silly silly i wasn't silly i was doing me shouldn't um but I tell you a very funny story, though, which is absolutely unrelated. But here we are. My friend was setting me up once with someone and they were like, oh, there's this guy. You're really going to like him and uh, look him up on Facebook and you're really going to like him. Blah, blah, blah. I looked him on Facebook, really thought he was so hot, thought it was so exciting. And I was at a party and I was relaying this whole situation to uh, another friend of mine going, oh, my God, so there's this guy who my friend's going to set me up with and he's called this and he looks like this and blah, 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 blah. And I was telling them about it. And then I went with my hand. I was like gesturing and I gestured my left hand out and my finger ended up in somebody's mouth by accident. I had hooked into someone's mouth who was walking past, which was, is completely strange in and of itself. I look up to see what on earth has happened. And the person whose mouth I have my finger in is the guy I had been... <laughs> I was. It's the guy, my friend, who wasn't even at this party, was going to set me up with. I like, looked at him with my finger in his mouth. He doesn't know who I am. And I was like, oh my God, what are the chances? Extract finger. And then I was like, I'm so sorry. And then I got talking to him and said, oh, I think you know my friend, blah, blah. He was a lovely guy. I have to say, it wasn't love. Neither of us did anything about it. But very, very funny coincidence. Shall we have a listen to Thomas? Hi, Chris and Team Homo Sapiens. One of my best friends I met on Match.com. And at the time we went on three dates, I think it was. After the three dates, he texted me and said that he just wanted to be friends because he didn't see there was enough of a spark. At the time, this really upset me, but um, we did stay friends and became really close over the last eight years. So at the time, it wasn't what I wanted, but I would say that it is what I needed. Ah, oh, Thomas, that is so nice to hear. And, you know, I think that what's really nice is that you were both kind of honest or you, he was really honest with you about that and didn't do that horrible online dating thing of ghosting you. And what a lovely thing that a friendship was born out of it. I don't think I've stayed in touch, friends, with anyone I've been on a date with. No. We should do a Q&A about dating mishaps, because as I scroll my mind back, and I've said many times on this podcast, ah, oh, mama has been in some scrapes. Now, 
Next question was, I have loads of queer friendships. It's easy. 27% of you agreed and said, yes, you do have loads of queer friendships. It's easy peasy. 73, love asked majority percent of you, said no, it's really difficult. And Lucas got in touch and that's someone who's really struggled to establish queer friendships. I always found it really difficult to make friends with other gay men because for me, making friends with gay men, it always felt like an extension of dating. So I always felt that I have to behave in a certain way, look in a certain way in order to fit into the group. Um, my best friend who is gay is someone that I built a friendship before we actually came out to each other because we were quite young. And um, I feel like we built a friendship before and then the fact that we're gay was just an extension of our personality, but it wasn't the base of it. That's the thing. I, that's why I find it really difficult because it kind of feels like you have to be a certain kind of a gay in order to have gay friends. Well, Lucas, I'm sorry to hear that's been your experience because that's no good whatsoever. I mean, interesting, like I, my best friend Andy and I were friends since we were nine and we came out to each other. We were friends at school all the way through and neither of us came out to each other. And then I came out, told him, and then he told me straight back, pretty much. It was about a three hour gap. And it was really, really lovely that we had each other to sort of then go out into the big gay world and try and find gay clubs and meet boys. And we did all that together. And I felt very lucky. And I have spoken and perhaps sound prudish sometimes when I say on this podcast that I think that that's why I never got pulled into like a big, big druggy scene. Because I kind of, often I think drugs and alcohol are the glue that you, you use to bind yourself to these social worlds. Because you end up going to gay clubs on your own if you've only come out and you don't have any queer mates you sort of go on your own and then you end up getting really drunk beforehand in order to be confident there to have the confidence to go and then when you're in there like people passing around drugs it can be the thing that includes you and actually I never ended up doing that because I felt like I had a mate and I didn't have to be drawn into that stuff but you know as uh, I've chatted with Alan about on this podcast that like you know that's me being a bit prudish perhaps and, and I don't want to sound judgmental but anyway I'm pleased that you did have friends like that and I think listen like the reason for me to have queer friendships is like that just the understanding between you of like knowing what it's like and all the tiny tiny details and understanding what Destiny's Child video was amazing when you were 14 that all the other boys at school for gay men didn't get or you know all the little things that you identify with and are drawn to as a young queer person in any however you identify I think there's a lot of common ground there and I think it's really nice to be with your people and I've definitely found that being here in Adelaide like I've said like I want to go to gay bars because I want to be with my people you know and I think we do operate on a different frequency and it's just I find it a really soothing thing and I think that's what queer friendship brings to me some of you have also been in touch with some great stories of the queer friendships you have established ash and danny who wrote in have both had whole friend groups at school that have come out later in life but none were actually out when they became friends which uh, danny said my friend my friend group from secondary school all turned out queer none were out when we became friends i love that and ash let's hear ash's note along these lines too hi homo sapiens nearly everyone in my close group of friends from secondary school turned out to be queer myself included we didn't know it at the time but somehow we found each other and we're still all really good friends now that we're in our mid-twenties and none of us have ever dated each other i don't think as far as i can remember 
But having said that, I didn't stay in touch with anyone from school who I wasn't friends with at the time. So I've no idea how many other people in our year group came out later in life. Maybe it was all of us. <laughs> um, anyway, love the podcast. Keep up the good work. Oh, that is so lovely, Ash. I'm so pleased to hear that. You know, it's funny relating to what you're saying about how you don't know who came out and who didn't. Like with my school, people who did come out have often got in touch with each other later because there's just that kind of solidarity of like, I know you were going through that too. And it's it's really, um, I don't know, it's, it's, it's really heartwarming to sort of wave hello and go, I get you. I get your experience, you know. And Ryan um, has been in touch to say he really struggles to find real friendship when queer social life is strongly linked to gay bars, tinders and grinders. Hi, so for me, I don't have a lot of queer friendships, not by choice, and that's because... My only possibility to meet other queer people is either uh, at a gay bar or on Tinder and Grinder. And gay bar, you know, it's alcohol fueled. You don't really make wholesome connections when you're very drunk. And, you know, obviously on the apps on Tinder or Grinder, it's either you want a relationship, you want to have some fun. And there's no leeway for friendships or it's, you know, let's have sex and then we can become friends if we don't want anything more. You know, um, it always involves some types. It's very transactional, I should say. Yes, transactional. Interesting. And I, I think the thing to remember there is the transaction of meeting up with someone or whatever like if it's helpful you don't have to think about it as the end goal like out of this will come the relationship I need or the friendship I need or the shag that I need but I think sometimes those apps and stuff can be useful for an access point to a world you might go to a bar with a gay bar with them and then as a result you meet someone else in there and then you start to make some friends and you know like and it can develop from there like you don't have to get the whole thing from the one interaction but i think it's about it's a gateway to immersing yourself in that culture the other thing is what that's why we did you were saying about alcohol being such so prevalent like that's why we did that episode about lgbtq plus safe spaces and spoke to the greenwood cafe guys because i think it's such a problem that if you don't want to drink and if you don't like drinking then the options are quite slim and i you know great to see that's changing still few and far between you know and something that has come up a lot is insecurity about how you conduct yourself and also your body language and fear that this could be misconstrued in both queer and straight friendships. E.g. acts of friend friendliness can be mistaken for something else and things like that. And Martha's been in touch sort of on that topic. Hi, homo sapiens. Hi, Martha. I think physical affection is a very important part of friendships and I absolutely love showing love for my friends in this way. But as a lesbian, I've kind of internalised a fear of coming off as predatory. So often I hold back from hugging too much or holding hands with my female friends, which I think is quite sad. On a logical basis, I know they wouldn't think bad of me, but the fear is still there. I would often get jealous of straight girls who seem to be able to have intimate relationships without having to worry that their affection might be mistaken for anything other than platonic. Maybe it would be easier if society wasn't so fixated on the idea that romantic love is the most important or realise that physical affection is inherent to all kinds of relationships, not just romantic and sexual ones. I love that, Martha. So true. And Tan France spoke about that when we interviewed him on the podcast not long ago. So go and listen to it if you have not. Talking about how all the queer eye guys like to hold hands and stuff and people would say, ooh, does that mean something's going on between you? And he was really annoyed that people said that because he was like, no, it doesn't mean that at all. No one said it did. It's just that's the way it is. I like doing that. And and I, I, I'm actually not tactile with my queer friends at all. 
I'm probably more tight with my queer friends than I am with my straight friends, but I do have a fear of that, definitely, that it would seem like I was coming on to someone. Also, kind of going back to what they were saying in the Greenwood Cafe episode and what someone was saying earlier, is like, do you think there is a thing when I'm around lots of gay men who are older, like they do seem to think it's okay to sort of grab you and sort of there being like this, like we're on the verge of some sort of sexual exchange, which I have found happens much less with my age group or younger, but the older... I find it's very grabby. And yeah, I think that's all interesting. And part of the thing is like, just someone else being gay seems to be like a free pass for like, oh, this could quickly access something sexual. Whereas it's like, maybe I don't want that. On the flip side, Adam's been in touch about the importance of straight friendships in his life, which is also a lovely thing. Dear Chris and the Homo Sapiens, I love your podcast. I listen while walking my dog in the park. William the Schnauzer, proud member of the trans community, but that's a whole other story. <gasps> that's a whole other story we need to hear, Adam. Please elaborate. I am a gay man and I have talked with friends of how I really appreciate close friends. Friendships that I have with straight male friends as it somehow feels like a rare and special kind of bond when devoid of any sexual attraction. But I wonder though if this is rare and special or if my personal appreciation of it is not rooted in deep rooting wanting of exception from this section of the straight community. Ooh, Adam, I love that as a concept. Interesting. I don't have the answers yet, but I thought I would just contribute to the discussion. Lots of love from Adam in Strasbourg. Not in Toronto, Adam. How can that be? We only get letters from Toronto. Uh, interesting. I have found myself trying to make sure that straight men don't think I fancy them. And then I have also found myself being on the receiving end of straight men flirting with me. And I know that they're using, they're just taking that concept out for a spin and using me as the kind of conduit for that. I'm sort of okay with it, to be quite honest. Quite fun to flirt with a straight person. Yeah, but, you know, lots of my best, best friends are straight men. And I love it as long as I feel like they understand me, you know, and they do, and they're very respectful of me. But that was a bit of a journey. It wasn't always like that. I think I weirded them out for a bit. But, you know, the whole thing is a process, isn't it? The next poll question we asked you was, I struggle to find queer friendships. 75% of you said yes. 25% of you said no. So the vast majority of you said you struggle to find queer friendships. And Sharon got in touch with a voice note. Well, I know it's a bit of a cliche for a queer person to move away from their smaller hometown to a bigger city to find community. I have found that since coming to Boston, I've had a lot easier time falling into queer friend groups. I think it's largely a statistical thing. I live and work in neighborhoods with a large queer population. And, you know, friends introduce each other to friends. I also find that the activities I'm interested in, performing arts, gardening, literary stuff, tend to have larger queer populations attending. I personally have quashed any thought of dating my queer friends as I value their friendship a lot and have not historically been able to stay friends once romantic feelings are on the table. Slight addendum, I've also found it much easier to move online queer friendships into physical spaces in a larger city. Sharon... I think it's really important what you're talking about as well as being near people. Being face to face with people and creating those relationships is a massive thing. And I think it's lovely. And I, I think I'm so behind the concept of moving, moving yourself to places where you can find more people locally who are queer, because I think it builds a really nice 
thing. There's something very nutritious about, around being in a community that reflects you, which is kind of why I love West Hollywood in Los Angeles. Like, it's a very, that sounds like an ultra glamorous thing to say, but I don't mean it like that. Like, West Hollywood has such a entrenched gay community queer community sorry that there's so much solidarity on every corner in a coffee shop as well as a bar and actually it's quite nice that the solidarity and queerness doesn't feel alcohol related only it feels like it's part inbred in the community and yeah and then some of you have been in touch with brilliant recommendations on how to form more queer friendships so thank you pete from perth's been in touch with some brilliant recommendations hi as a guy in his late 40s who came out later in life finding and developing new friends has had its challenges navigating the ground between friendship and hooking up has been a bit of a roller coaster most guys seem to have social structures built from being in community since their younger years and it hasn't been easy to create new social circles i'm still working on it I'm not sure if it's an Aussie thing, but guys often find it easier to develop friendships and bonds over shared activities. So I've taken this route, joining joining a couple of groups where I get to meet and socialise with people over activities such as hiking and photography. Another outlet has been a monthly guys' dinner and drink social group through the Meetup website, as well as a few dates that turned into friendships rather than romantic relationships when we connected more as friends than potential lovers. Slowly, friendships are developing and social opportunities are growing. Love the podcast, by the way. Pete. Ah, oh, Pete, thanks. And yeah, Meetup, that's a good website. And I think if you I don't... It has a slightly strange image, and I think that people should overlook that and, and, and use it, and great things can come from it. And then Oliver from Insta has also been in touch with a brilliant recommendation if you're sporty. Oliver says... I really struggled to have queer friendships when I was younger. Having come to grips with my sexuality in my early 20s, the majority of my friends were and still are straight people I went to school with. It wasn't until my 30s that I realised that the number of queer friends I had or interacted with could be counted on one hand. This is when I realised my straight friends were all leaving London, getting married and having babies. So I joined a gay rugby club as a way... I wonder if it was the King's Cross Steelers. So I joined a documentary on Amazon about that. Uh, worth Very worth watching... Anyway, so joined a gay rugby club as a way of making new friends and it was honestly one of the best things I've ever done. Totally changed my relationship with queer friends and I now have so many people to talk to about anything. I've met some incredible people over the last three years of playing at the club. It was honestly one of the best things I've ever done and has truly expanded my queer knowledge and made me respect our community in a way I never thought was possible. Great question to ask people. Oh, that's so that's so great to hear and... I want to know what the what the rugby club is. Is it King's Cross Steelers? They seem to be the the main one in London. And um loads of great stuff comes out of that and solidarity for you know finding your gang and I'm just I love it. I love 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 hearing these stories everybody. I cannot thank you enough and I feel like this is a topic we are going to revisit on several occasions. So let's keep talking. Meanwhile, ah, my phone's ringing. Hang on. Hello. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Bye. Sorry about that. Someone's coming to collect me. How am I going to eat the pizza? Oh well. Culture Club, film and TV. Loads of been watching Line of Duty. That's been taking the world by storm. Taskmaster. Oh my god, that's good. Cindy's been watching that. Tallest Swimmer's been watching Fleabag once again. If it ain't broke, Ollie's been watching Ugly Betty. Anya's been watching Dan Simmons' The Terror. Beautiful queer relationship and lots of homoerotic subtext. 
what more could you hope for? Burks, what have you been reading? Sweet Sorrow. Nick's been reading Sweet Sorrow. Siroc has been reading Booker Prize winning Shaggy Bane. Grown Ups by Marianne Keys. Matthew's been reading. Love Marianne Keys. Oh my God, Dear Prudence has been reading The Beauty of Living Twice by Sharon Stone. Amazing interview with her recently. God, I love her. 20% balmy. Love it. Out in the Army by James Wharton, one of the very first people we ever interviewed on this podcast. Emma's Instagram. Also what arrived in my post in England, not here in Adelaide, is my latest edition of 14 Poems, which is this queer anthology of poetry. Um, It's so good. At 14 Poems, one for poems on Instagram. It was set up by my friend Ben. He's so talented and he wanted to do this anthology, which he calls Butt Magazine Meets Sylvia Plath. Anyway, that arrived and I cannot wait to read it because my husband's going to post it on to me. Have a look at it. I think queerness and poetry are such brilliant and beautiful bedfellows because I think there's something about the queer experience, which is a, a lot of stuff goes on inside you before you find the words to say it. And I think actually poetry is a beautiful way of expressing it. And the poems that have been in the past three issues, the first three issues, have just been delightful and speaking of delight music ozan has been listening to paloma faith love paloma i directed lots of her videos back in the day i adore her you've been listening to jesse jesse don't know who that is need to find out and dan has been listening to six i have been listening to sunshine uh with fat joe and dj khalid 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 um i love that song that's been like my little um excitement this week and you know what else i've been listening to is the thursday mixtape i've been listening to all the weekends original mixtapes because they're so good and there was something else i listened to as well oh i listened to this beautiful podcast called tape notes and it's so good and it's talking to people about how they wrote their albums and dave akumu from the invisible and jesse ware uh friend of the show did one about how they made her first album devotion it was so beautiful to hear and we must have jesse on the podcast we have been on table manners twice and she has not been on here so let's make that happen because i know how much you guys absolutely adore her um cindy's been listening to freedom by wham yes rory rory has been listening to edge of midnight by miley cyrus love it And you've been cooking up at Storm when I'm looking here at the food. Jean Joe's been making pasta sauces using cashew nuts. Unofficial McDonald's has been eating miso soup. Can't get my head around eating miso soup, to be quite honest. Polish nerd's been doing healthy things in search of the beach body. Oh, babes, don't worry about it. And that brings what a beautiful episode to a beautiful close from you beautiful, wonderful people. Thank you so much for writing in all about queer friendship. I've got... so much to be thinking about i love you all and i cannot thank you enough which leads me to say about next week's interview we are talking to the delightful hilarious wonderful warm ray of light that is adam eli adam is an activist and a writer from new york he wrote a book called the new queer conscience which was released last year and i absolutely devoured it because it was all about how Judaism is all about looking after each other. And actually he feels that queerness should embody that as well, which I think is such a really interesting concept. And he is just a complete laugh. He's got the most crazy apartment in New York that we sort of 
talk about in the episode it's a very funny interview we had such a laugh so make sure you tune in for that me and alan chatting to him next week and in the meantime you know what to do you've got to get in touch it's hello at homo sapiens podcast.com or at homo sapiens on instagram or on facebook at homo sapiens podcast this has been a delight i cannot thank you enough and i'm not just talking about the pizza i'm about to eat I'm going to go and pull that out of the oven, fold it in half, make it a calzone and stuff it in my face, in my bed. I know that none of you are going to judge me for that. Loads and loads of love and see you next time. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Powered by Spirit Studios.